Thanks to Grammarly for supporting Market Foolery. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to grammarly.com/fool and get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. It's Monday, October 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, the one and only Seth Jason. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Grammar. Me not use Grammarly. We all need Grammarly, my friend. Uh, quick shout out to Mac Greer for all of his work uh, last week. When Mac said I was resting my voice, he was being polite. I had severe laryngitis, which is oh, not well, fun. fun. It's not fun for anyone, but if you're in my line of work, it's particularly a problem. So uh, it's nice to be back. We're going to dip into the full mailbag. We're going to do a little bargain hunting in the world of stock investing, but we're going to start with Unilever, the consumer goods giant. Unilever announced it is pledging to cut its use of new plastics by 2025. And Unilever is one of those companies that I'm sure a lot of people, they hear the name, they may not be familiar with it. Chances are you've got Unilever products in your home. They've what got, do your oh, armpits smell like? Yeah. Probably, probably their soap, right? Uh, Dove, Comfort, Shore. Hellman's mayonnaise, my personal favorite, Coleman's mustard. I like a spicy mustard now and then. It's weird that they have the food combined with the soap, but hey, good for them. Well, and the point being, this is a $130 billion company and they've got over 400 brands, so it's no small thing for them to make this announcement. To say, hey, less plastic, which is a very interesting, and I applaud that. Do they sell any of the plastic in the in the little water bottles that drive me crazy? Because when I go running, all the plastic garbage I see is people hydrating, visualize my finger quotes, instead of just bringing a usable bottle with them. Now, this is interesting news, and I think it's long overdue, although one of the weird things about the plastic that gets headlines, like the Pacific Garbage Patch, the thing we're also concerned about, you know it's half fishing nets? And I ma- saw that recently. The majority of the rest is other fishing stuff. So, apparently, um, you know, this is a great step, but uh, I think that most plastic, at least in, in non-developing countries, actually ends up uh, where it should in landfills and so forth. Now, you can argue, should we should we be burning this stuff or whatever? Uh, but this is a good step. One of the uh, places I think you can look for an investment story in this, if you are interested in, in playing it um, as a trend, is to take a look at Aptar Group. And uh, may sound Aptar's ATR. Um, and uh, it may sound counterintuitive because they sell a lot of shampoo bottles and things like that, but they are also real innovators in uh, packaging. And so, any solution here, we can't just get rid of all of our packaging entirely, right? So, any solutions are going to require some innovation, and probably nobody in the packaging biz does a better job of coming up with new, interesting, uh, and effective ways to ship and distribute stuff than Aptar Group. So I would keep an eye on that company. It's interesting to think about the ripple effects of this. And you just hit on, um, from an investing standpoint, maybe the uh, uh, the more important one, um, just because it, this is one of those things where it's like, okay, look, they're going to cut plastics. Stuff's got to get put in something. So someone is going to fill that void. And you know, we've gotten questions over the years about, boy, as Amazon and others ship more and more cardboard boxes, who's making the cardboard? It seems like there's an investing opportunity there. I'm also curious about a company like Procter and Gamble, which is a consumer goods giant like Unilever, only mm-hmm. it's gianter. It's about a 300 billion dollar yeah. company to the extent 
they feel pressure or just decide on their own, this is a move we would like to make? Yeah, well, this is an industry, it's cross-industry, cross-sector. Tesco, for instance, in the UK is looking at getting rid of a lot of plastic. And a lot of companies are, because if you do this the right way, you can cut costs and you can you can probably keep your consumer prices the same. But if you paid a nickel less for packaging, then you're pocketing a nickel more in profit. Um, Tesco in the UK is doing that, of course, because there's some policy that's going to force them to pay up for excess uh, plastic use. And so, um, those are other places to look for the pin action from a movement like this. P&G, I saw that for a couple of years now, they've been doing what's it's really kind of a gimmick, but it, it could have some potential. They were using, actually, um, ocean plastic, reusable ocean plastic, uh, renewed ocean plastic. Uh, to make some bottles. And one of the things, I mean, the primary problem uh, with this entire situation is, is we, right? We are, we are all idiots. We have to have brand new, shiny, pretty plastic. We can't buy something you know, in a plain brown cardboard box and recyclable cardboard. We have to have the shiny stuff. To the extent that changes, uh, it'll be good news not only for the environment, but for all of us as consumers. We we really don't need to spend so much on packaging. Amazon has been doing more to send less packaging. Obviously, that's a big cost for them. And so, uh, luckily, price is still a lever in this kind of a situation. And as companies realize, hey, we can probably do this and spend less money if we plan it carefully, we'll see more of it. I think one other ripple effect, at least to keep an eye on, is the hotel industry. Oh, yeah, a lot of they're getting rid of the bottles, right? Which makes total sense. Nobody uses that bottle, and really, it's just something your mother in law takes and puts in her purse. (laughs) Don't bring my mother in law into this. (laughs) Uh, Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Question from P. Just the initial P in Canada, who writes, I'm a 19-year-old student starting my college education in the next three months. I'm very passionate about finance and the investing world. I started reading books and learning about the subject two years ago. And this week, I read in The Economist that the majority of jobs in finance will be replaced by AI by the time I'm 30 years old. What have you make of this? What do you make of this? And is a finance college degree still a good option? I don't know. The majority of jobs replaced by AI. That doesn't sound right to me. I'm I'm the AI guy here. That doesn't sound right to me. On the other, I was going to say, of the two of us, you actually look into and study the rise of AI and its applications in different industries. Yeah, and uh, there'll definitely. I mean, there will definitely be a lot of. Well, you don't even need AI to to automatically choose. Good investments, right? In fact, the the biggest advantage in the investment game is the capacity to. Uh, think long term and not have knee jerk reactions, right? That said, I'm not sure you need to to be a finance major if you are going to college uh, and you're passionate about investing. It's okay if that's a hobby. Why don't you study something that truly interests you and see where things go from there? Don't if you haven't gone to college yet, don't lock yourself into what you think your career path is going to be. Keep your options open. There's a lot of research out there that shows big companies in the U.S. are actually. Uh, looking for liberal arts type graduates because they want people who have a broader background than uh, than just a narrow set of skills that you might get out of finance or something else. So, uh, and you can always move into the finance area from other fields. I mean, like me, I was an art history major. Luckily, I found the Motley Fool uh, before we started hiring smart people. By the way, <laughs> a lot of it is luck as well. Oh, you so got you. Well, you worked here when when the the place was big, and then. And then it got a lot smaller. Then it got a lot smaller. Well, I was just going to say, worth pointing out that the, the Motley Fool was started by two brothers, neither of whom was a finance major. Both yeah. of them were English majors. Yeah. 
I thought David was math and business. Uh, I know Tom, Tom, our CEO, was English, right? They were, they were, they were both. They're both big English guys. And for sure the name, right? And critical thinking is really where it is. So um, use college as an opportunity to become well-rounded. Think of, think of what uh, Charlie Munger would say. He wouldn't tell you to go off and hide with finance books, right? If you want to have breakfast with Charlie while he's still on this earth, put down the finance books and read some philosophy. And if you're going to have breakfast with Charlie Munger, bring a box of peanut brittle. I hear yeah. he likes that. And a notepad. Um, quick shout out to Grammarly for supporting today's episode. Grammarly is a communications tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone, even the best students, which I'm sure P in Canada is absolutely the best student, and even the top professionals, to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. They help people show their best self through writing. It's available across platforms, including online browser extension, desktop editor, and mobile keyboard checker. You can find it on multiple browsers like Chrome, Firefox, and Safari. You can find it on platforms like iOS, Android, Windows, and Mac. Their free product reviews critical spelling and grammar, and that's great. But Grammarly Premium looks out for that, plus structure, style within context, vocabulary suggestions, readability for different occasions. So, if you're thinking business proposal, you're thinking an essay for school, a blog post, whatever, it's so easy to use. I've been using it, and it helps. It just helps. I if only they had like a live version that could stop people from using the pronoun myself or yourself. And how is yourself today? Please, Grammarly, do me a favor <laughs> you're and saying, fix this. You're saying Grammarly Premium, the next version, that's what you're looking for. Exactly. You know what? I want your phone to, I want people's phones to start tweeting in their pocket and go, don't use yourself in that sentence. I was thinking about it this morning. I think we all had that one English or writing teacher. Who was maybe they were a good teacher, but they were just they they just kind of lectured. They just kind of got in your face and were a little angry when he, it's like Grammarly Premium is like the helpful English teacher who's just like, hey, check this out. Here's an option. You might want to try this. So whether you're looking to polish up your resume or just look smarter in your emails at work, do yourself a favor. Check out Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com/fool and get 20% off your Grammarly Premium account today. That's Grammarly.com/fool. And you get 20% off your Grammarly Premium account. Question from Mark in Virginia, who writes The SP 500 is close to an all time high. Are there any industries that look particularly inexpensive to you right now? Looking for bargains. We're no. No? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to take issue with the idea of investing by looking at industries. Now, maybe that's, was it Mark? Yes. Mark in Virginia. Maybe, that, maybe Mark is just looking for a starting point to try and find companies, good companies that are distressed. I think that's an okay way to do this, but I definitely would not recommend saying, hey, these industries are down, so therefore they're bargains. Uh, I was looking through some Capital IQ. Uh, they're one of our one of our partners. Uh, they give us they give us access to some excellent data to look at which industries were down lately. And transportation hasn't been doing uh, all that well this year. Uh, healthcare uh, not so great either. But for instance, transportation is down for a pretty good reason. Railroad uh, volumes have not been great. Uh, rail car makers, I follow one. Uh, Greenbrier uh, are a little bit distressed because when volumes are down, you, you're not selling as many cars and so forth. And there are reasons for that, or good potential reasons. One is that you know we've got this tariff war, and so 
uh, we're not hauling as much stuff, moving as much stuff around. So those can be looking, you know, at transportation and trying to pick through and find the companies you think are better uh, and are just looking at a temporary downturn. That's an okay way to do this, but I wouldn't just go up and buy, you know, a transportation index ETF. Uh, and I'm sure such a thing exists because there's eight jillion ETFs right now, right? Um, so uh, that's. The long-winded way of saying, uh, don't depend on this as a as a way of kind of finding out dogs of the Dow type of situation. Just use it as an idea generator at best. What uh, between now and the end of the year, is there anything in particular you're watching? We had talked uh, recently on Motley Fool Money just about uh, the run-up to retail. We're heading into you know the most important time of year for the retail industry. So retail is always on people's radars. Radar, um, is there anything in particular you find yourself uh, keeping an eye on between now and the end of 2019? Not really. I'm I'm tending to just keep looking more at the companies and watch them execute. Retail and uh, consumer uh, discretionary, I guess, in general, has gotten it's just gotten tougher and tougher. There's a lot of competition. Formerly strong brands are getting pounded. And um, you know, when you can get a really nice eight dollar wicking shirt at Target, it's pretty tough to to go back to that forty dollar one from Under Armour. So, um, and, and that's just a micro example of a, the macro situation. Um, so, um, mostly, I'm looking to see how consumers are going to hold up. Uh, we're seeing a little bit uh, of some stress in the economy, and we're seeing a little bit of worry. We're seeing uh, stock markets start to gyrate a little, maybe even fall. So, have some dry powder ready. Uh, I'm mostly just kind of excited to see that if we do get some some pullback, I'll be able to buy some of my favorite companies for a little bit less money. Uh, it's a micro example, as you said, but I think that's also an example of, uh, in some ways, an overlooked story when it comes to major retailers, uh, Target, Walmart, Costco, and increasingly Amazon, um, putting forth apparel in a way that presents a pretty compelling value proposition for people. Yeah, and it's it, I mean I'm I normally I don't buy a lot of, you know, I don't buy a lot of apparel anyway. And if I do it's like tech shirts or something and you know, recently it's You don't have enough from all the races you've run? You know what? The ones I get from Target are actually better than those race shirts. The race shirts tended to be they were always branded Brooks and it was that like 15 to 20 year old tech fabric that all looked the same and was super easy to snag and run and really didn't perform all that well. Um, and that's actually where I was headed with this comment. Is that you know a lot of the tech fabrics you'll get at a Target now are actually much better than they were five years ago, and they're nearly comparable to maybe the top of the line tech fabric you'd get from somebody like Under Armour. Um, and so um, it, it's an example of what happens in an industry and how how an edge is turned into a commodity and then it goes away. And so it also goes back to uh, you know what is the what is the essence of of a moat or of a competitive advantage in some cases it's it's just a brand now i think you can argue under armour's brand didn't work out that well in a lot of ways but not so there, far there are other brands that you know people just buy it because it's it is what it is and it may not be any better in fact it may not be as good as what you can get uh, for less money and so brands are in some ways one of the best competitive moats as long as they somehow remain strong 
Marine Corps Marathon is in three weeks. It sounds like I need to go to Target and do some shopping. Yeah, well, if Marine Corps is where, I, if it's warm, I would actually suit up with my nice, tight, long sleeve Under Armour Captain Underpants outfit because that <laughs> stuff actually did keep me a lot cooler. Did uh, it? Oh yeah, I, I drank less water when I was running in that stuff in the summer. It was it was a competitive advantage. It really was great. In Marine Corps, the trouble is, it can be thirty in the morning, as you know, and then it might get up to sixty-five, which is a little bit hot for finishing up a marathon. Yeah, I don't know if I can rock the Captain Underpants uh, apparel. I stopped caring. <laughs> that's why you're a much better. That's one of the reasons you're a much better runner than I am. Seth Jason, thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Floor. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.